I've been praying that God would help me stop sinning. Like that, that was literally my prayer every night. Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. Carlos Whitaker had achieved a lot as a worship pastor, church creative director, and as a traveling musician, but he was still struggling with sin. And so I tried and I tried my hardest to stop sinning and I just couldn't. And so I was so angry that my sin had destroyed my life, my ministry, my family, everything. Today, Carlos has found freedom, and God is still using him to speak truth and share Jesus with others. You're going to hear his story on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I am Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. With the state of our country at the moment, Carlos Whitaker's story is a timely reminder that God can heal us from brokenness and empower us to live out our faith. In addition to hearing Carlos talk about that, you're also going to hear insight from Billy Graham. If ever there was a time when Christians need to pray for love and patience and understanding, it is now. More from Mr. Graham later on. He mentioned the need for prayer, and if that's something you need, please call our 24-hour prayer line. The number is 888-388-2683. Whatever you're going through, someone is there to pray with you. Again, the number is 888-388-2683. And it's also listed in the show notes. GPS. God. People. Stories. I was born in East Los Angeles, California, East LA. My dad is a um, first-generation black Panamanian from Colón, Panama. My mom's Mexican. She's a first-generation immigrant as a Mexican into the country. So I'm half black, half Mexican. All Hispanic, though, all Latino. Carlos's dad arrived in the U.S. in the 50s with 20 bucks in his pocket and a shoeshine kit in his hands. Now, from that humble beginning, he went on to earn a doctorate degree, become a pastor, and start a bilingual church near Los Angeles. Most of Carlos's childhood was spent in Atlanta. His family moved there when he was in preschool. And so began kind of my childhood of growing up in the deep South, loved it, loved my, loved my childhood, loved my friends. It was awesome. I, I came to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ when I was 17. Carlos was led to Christ, but not from one of his dad's sermons. It was something his youth pastor said. I'll never forget the message. He just said, you know, so many of you guys are 18 inches away from heaven and hell. You've got it all in your brain, but you don't have it in your heart. And I knew that was me. And so I, uh, yeah, kind of came to saving knowledge of, of who Jesus was. But Carlos hadn't fully surrendered his life to Jesus. And when he went off to school at a small college in Georgia, he ended up getting expelled. You know, I had kind of sowed some wild oats and um, fell away from the Lord. I am partying like crazy. I am you know, as far away from Jesus as I've ever been. And I say that, but the truth is he was actually right there with me the entire time. Yep. Looking back, Carlos knows that God did not abandon him during those times he was running away from the Lord. In fact, Carlos says God orchestrated some circumstances that led him to move back to California, where his life started to turn around. My dad and my mom had moved back to Los Angeles from Atlanta, and um, I knew that I needed to be under my dad's wing again. And so I, I moved back to California. While I was there, I guess I was 21 at the time, I met a really cute snowboarder up on the mountain in central California. 
and ended up dating her. And she was 18 years old. I was 21. She's now my wife, Heather. We've been married for 20 years. While they were still dating, Heather and Carlos enrolled at California Baptist University and started attending a small church. Little did Carlos know that he would end up spending the next decade at that church as their worship pastor. I had auditioned to join the worship team just to be like an acoustic guitar player. I got asked to sing a song, not just to play acoustic, to lead a song. Um, The next week, the pastor asked me to do another song. And then the next week, the, the worship pastor quit. <laughs> and um, I just remember having a conversation like, hey, listen, you're kind of all we got. And I, didn't, I mean, I didn't know how to lead worship. I knew how to sing a song, but I didn't know how to lead worship. So, you know, it was a lot of trial and error. It was a lot of me trying to figure it out. But I just, I think I realized I had a passion to, to give people hope. And in, in that season uh, where I was, again, just young, unmarried, but on staff at this church, I knew that I loved to be in front of people and to see people's hearts change while I was in front of them. After 10 years at the church, Carlos repeated an old storyline in his life and moved from California back to the Atlanta area. This time it was to work for a mega church as their creative director. After three years of doing that, Carlos felt God calling him to shift careers again when he was able to sign a record deal. So Carlos and Heather moved their family to Nashville. But another change was on the way soon after. Then 2014, felt the call again to shift in my in my ministry and ended up writing my first book called Moment Maker. Kind of did it while I was leading worship, not necessarily thinking I would ever not lead worship again, but realized that way more people were listening to what I had to say than anything I was singing. So uh, I realized, oh, wow, like maybe I'm more of a thought leader than a worship leader and really poured everything into my next two books after that and speaking full time. And so As I am speaking to you now, I just published my third book and I travel full time. Well, at least hopefully when this pandemic is over, I'll get back to traveling. Nothing's really happening right now, but travel full time. I speak at churches, at conferences, at secular events. If all that sounds like quite a whirlwind, yes, it is. Carlos agrees. From worship pastor to creative director, then from traveling musician to speaker and author, Carlos has done a lot of different things in his ministry career. He's also been very active on social media lately, too, and so he's now ready to add evangelist to his list of vocations. I've never felt more like an evangelist than I do right now in this season, because I'm now speaking in front of non-Christians, and I'm seeing the work of the gospel happen. And so it's crazy. And so, you know, I'll I'll tell you, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in five more years. You know, I'm a 45-year-old guy, maybe at 50. Who knows if I'll be doing something else? But I, I just feel like this is the way I was created to live, and I love this rhythm. And what a better time than right now for Christians just to be hope um, to everybody. And it's working, man. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it happen. I'm seeing people far from God come near him. While Carlos is thankful for all the great things God has done through him, he isn't about to say that life is perfect. Far from it. Some family health issues and dealing with COVID-19 have added up for a really tough season. And then there's the social unrest of the last few months. Plus, there's a big part of Carlos' story we have not told you yet. Here's the deal. Like 10 years ago now, my life fell apart. I'm touring. I'm out with the Newsboys and Hillsong doing all the tour stuff. I, my anxiety had peaked to a level that I, you know, I'd never experienced before. And so I started to medicate. I started to medicate with alcohol, started to medicate uh, flirting outside the lines of my marriage. And I was in the back of our condo with our three kids in Nashville at the time. And I remember walking out to grab my laptop and I realized that my laptop was gone. My wife was gone and dinner was still being cooked on the stove. 
And I knew my heart in that moment knew that my secrets, all my secret sin had been exposed. And within a few minutes, I, there was a knock on my front door. It was my best friend, Blake and his wife, Allie. And they said, Hey, Heather knows everything. She knows all your secrets. She wants the kids and she wants you out. And so began the darkest season of my life. Separated from his wife and kids and staring his addictions and anxiety square in the face, Carlos became very angry at God. Because I've been praying that God would help me stop sinning. Like that, that was literally my prayer. I mean, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. And so I tried and I tried my hardest to stop sinning and I just couldn't. And so I was so angry that my sin had destroyed my life, my ministry, my family, my friendships, everything. Carlos repented and he asked for God's forgiveness. He began going to therapy and marriage counseling, and some things started to get better, but not fully. Then he had a conversation with his dad that really changed everything. His dad told the story of a woman he prayed for at a revival in Panama. The woman asked Pastor Whitaker to pray that God would clean the cobwebs of sin out of her life. But when she asked him to do that three nights in a row, Carlos's dad had a revelation. My dad said he looked at her and he said, no. We've been praying the wrong prayer. Tonight, we don't pray that he cleans the cobwebs. Tonight, we pray that he kills the spider. And he told me that. And he said, I've watched you your entire life clean the cobwebs of sin. He said, Carlos, you can't keep going to therapy and just clean the cobwebs of sin. You've got to find the root and kill the spider. Cobwebs and spiders. What does it all mean? Well, as Carlos would go on to write about in one of his books, a spider is an agreement you make with a lie. And a cobweb is a medicating behavior that brings comfort to the lie. In other words, killing the spider means looking beyond our sinful behavior to the wrong beliefs and lies in our heart, and then replacing those lies with biblical truth and a restored relationship with Jesus. That was a game changer. That, that changed everything for me, and it really helped me with my sin issue. And then with my anxiety issue, and that was a, a multi-year journey as well. So, you know, when I start adding my journey of overcoming sin issues and overcoming anxiety, we're at a decade now, man. Like, like this is like, this isn't an overnight thing. And so, you know, if anyone's struggling with any of this stuff, um, just know that uh, the, long, the long game of obedience is what you want to do. It's not going to be overnight. Not that God can't kill you overnight. I've seen it happen to a lot of people. It's just that sometimes he doesn't. And if he doesn't, just be consistent. Consistently reminding himself of God's truth and living his life in a way that follows the truth of Jesus is how Carlos has found freedom over the past 10 years. Over time, Heather forgave Carlos, and today their family is reconciled. But as we mentioned before, the Whitakers have been going through hard times lately. Not in their marriage, but in their circumstances. My daughter got sick in November of last year with some mystery bacterial pneumonia in her lungs. And she was in the hospital for 21 days, and it was the hardest 21 days of, of my life, of our whole entire family's life. Carlos says God rescued his daughter, but then came COVID-19, and his daughter's lungs weren't fully recovered yet, so they've had to be really careful. Most of Carlos's speaking engagements have been canceled, and his mom contracted the coronavirus. And then, you know, we find ourselves in this very unique space um, fighting racial injustice. We've been called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And if you're the hands and feet of Jesus, you've got to stand up for the oppressed. You've got to stand up for those that cannot stand up for themselves. And so that's what I'm doing, man. It's what I'm doing right now. It's what I, 
um, feel called to do. And, you know, I, I just think I'm going to get louder and louder about these issues, all the while bringing it back to the gospel. On both Facebook and Instagram, Carlos has been posting videos, live streaming, and addressing issues in a way that points people to Jesus. And he's excited that in the middle of all that's been going on in the world and in his own world, he has an opportunity to help others navigate issues of race and faith. I grew up in a white high school. Most of my friends were white. So I honestly feel uniquely gifted in this moment as a black man in America. I feel uniquely gifted to speak to kind of white middle-class America in a way that is safe for them. And so what I've been doing is I've been having hard conversations in a space of grace and filled with um, just just a safe place for people to ask me questions they may not know about. I've been doing a lot of Q&As with my audience, um, you know, and they'll ask me questions that they would be scared to ask anybody else. We all have fears and worries and doubts. And in whatever Carlos Whitaker does, he wants to bring hope to people who feel hopeless. No matter what, no matter what season um, that you're in, no matter how horrible, hard of a season you're in, the promises of God are still true, and you can still hang on to those promises. And in the depths of my darkest moments of anxiety, in the depths of my darkest moments of losing my family, in the depths of the darkest moments of my oldest daughter being extremely ill, I found a peace that passes all understanding that really literally pulled me out. Are you searching for a peace that passes all understanding? We know where you can find it. In fact, the only place you will find it ultimately. And that is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. You may need healing in your life like Carlos Whitaker did. You may need strength to get through everything you're struggling with today. No matter what, God is waiting to welcome you with open arms and give you real peace. You can learn more about it at findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. And don't go anywhere because in just a minute, we're going to tell you about an encounter Carlos had with his neighbor that went viral on Instagram. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. If ever there was a time when Christians need to pray, for love and patience and understanding it is now. Billy Graham. It seems to me that those of us who believe in Jesus Christ could help to lead the way in love, tolerance, and understanding. Certainly the world today is searching for a way out of the problems, the dilemmas, and the confusions. There seems to be no answer to the race problem, no answer to the political problem. Both problems can be met by Jesus Christ who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Within the meaning of that statement from the lips of the Son of God was enough comfort to ease the sufferings of the tormented, enough wisdom to satisfy those yearning for understanding, and enough power to set the great Christian movement in motion. How can you have this life? Three things are necessary. First, you must repent of your sin. Secondly, by faith you must receive Christ as your own Savior. And thirdly, you must be willing to obey Him. Will you make this decision and this commitment at this moment? Your life can be changed and you can have a new dimension of living. 
So those three steps that Billy Graham just talked about, would you like to talk with someone who can help you understand what that all means in a little more detail? Well, call our 24-hour prayer line right now. The number is 888-388-2683. That's 888-388-2683. Carlos Whitaker has been our guest on this episode of GPS. He spoke earlier about how he's been vocal on social media on issues of race and justice and faith. And Carlos is very honest about his own shortcomings in these areas, as he recently shared in a video about meeting his neighbor. I've got this neighbor across the street who he's, I'll just be honest, he's like a grumpy old man. And I'm a black man living in an all-white suburban neighborhood in Nashville, Tennessee. So, you know, I'll be honest with you, when somebody's not nice to me and won't talk to me, um, I, I build a narrative in my head. You know, he hates me. He probably hates me because I'm brown. And he's got these two statues of two white bunnies in his front yard. And he kneels down in front of the three-foot bunny and the taller bunny, and he starts painting that bunny black. I walked over across the street to him, and I just said, hey, listen, I hate that this is our first conversation. And the second I got into his yard, he's smiling ear to ear. Hi, my name's James. I've lived here since 1956. And uh, I said, can I ask you, neighbor, why did you paint that bunny black? He said, well, with everything that's going on in our country right now, He's like, I'm, you know, I'm in my 70s. I don't want to risk getting corona. I don't want to risk getting sick. So I can't go down to any protests. But I figured this was a way for me to protest. And this was a way for me to say that George Floyd's life mattered. So I thought I'd paint the bunny. He said, I, I was a, I grew up in segregation here in Nashville, Tennessee. And my parents during segregation hired a black servant. And she cooked my food, combed my hair, br- helped me brush my teeth, taught me math. She ended up being another parent to me. And I can't fathom anyone looking at her any different just because of the color of her skin. So like, he's saying this to me and I'm like weeping, right? I'm like crying. And so I finally tell him, I said, Hey, listen, I need to be honest with you. I've harbored some ill feelings against you. And I need to apologize for anything I've ever felt against you. Will you please forgive me? James did forgive Carlos, and they're quickly becoming good friends. And they've been doing interviews together for local and even national news shows talking about their experience. I wanted to show people some hope that even in the midst of all the conversations about racial injustice, we can, if we just take it upon ourselves to admit our biasness and apologize for our biasness, because we all got them. Listen, I'm a black guy that has bias, so all my white friends have them too. If we can walk across the street have these conversations, ask for forgiveness. I think that's going to propel us towards reconciliation faster than any policy ever will. Good insight and advice. We are grateful that Carlos Whitaker shared his perspective and that part of his story with us on this episode of GPS. And we are glad that you took the time to listen. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news.